Have you ever been in a position where suddenly it hits you that you've made a really big mistake? My guest today definitely has. This is the Greatest Story Ever podcast. There comes a time when all the cosmic tumblers have clicked into place and the universe opens itself up for a few seconds to show you what's possible. With Keith Conrad. You know, everything is not an anecdote. You have to discriminate. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. One person I might have to track down is Dion Lynch from Australia. Dion was sitting on his surfboard in the waters off of Kangaroo Island. That's right, uh, there's a Kangaroo Island in Australia. When something barreled into him, it was a great white shark, and it had bitten him from the waist to the elbow. Dion paddled ashore, hanging onto his surfboard the whole time, which also had a chunk taken out of it, and then walked roughly a thousand feet to a parking lot where someone was finally able to get him to a hospital. So just to recap, he was bitten by a shark, paddled ashore, and then walked a thousand feet to finally get help. Dion said being bitten by a shark felt like being hit by a truck. You know, a a truck with giant teeth and doll's eyes. Be sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you happen to be listening. My guest today is the host of the Twilight Histories podcast. You can get more information at twilighthistories.com. Jordan Harbour, thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me on your show. And uh, I think that we we all did a lot of traveling when we were younger, and we did uh, a lot of dumb things uh, when we were younger. And your story sort of combines all of those together. (laughs) Yeah, well, I I guess there was was some dumb things and, and there was some travel. So yeah, that's that's kind of characterizes it, and the I mean the reason why I, I guess I picked this. There were some other stories like I, I used to be an archaeologist, so I I've done a bit of travel and and, you know, I could have picked a more exotic story about you know like, hanging out with the Bedouin in the desert or something, but, um, or, I, or that time you 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 know were in South America and you were in that tomb and the big boulder was coming <laughs> at you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, that was uh, actually coming down stairs this morning. Three kids were turned into <laughs> stones and were rolling after me. Um, no, but I, I mean, the, this story just sort of popped into my head. It, it kept coming back to me actually, because, uh, you know, it was, it was a situation that, um, uh, you know, there, there was some people that almost died, including me <clears throat> and uh, my outdoors club teacher was so freaked out by this thing that he uh, he actually wanted me to give a talk in front of the whole school about it and kind of explain what I did <laughs> and uh I I was you know pretty a pretty shy guy I guess and you know I could hardly approach a girl let alone stand up in front of 500 kids so um well, my, know, my guess is he probably just wanted you to explain why it wasn't his fault it could have been, yeah. Like yeah. twenty-five years later, when I look back on it, I think, yeah, he was probably concerned for, um, you know, like there was probably a lot of parents and and teachers that that uh, wanted to shut down the outdoors club and maybe, you know, do something with him with his job. Like he he got in trouble. And you, sorry, you don't even know the details of this story. I haven't told you yet, but um, that's sort of like I I feel like I've got a I've never told the story other than like a, a couple people. And I feel like I owe it to him. I don't know where he is, but I, I owe it to him to at least 
finally tell the story publicly. So you can pretend that you're those 500 kids looking down on me from the bleachers <laughs> and I'm like giving my, you know, Mao say tongue, like flagellations and telling you what I did wrong and why I'm mm -hmm. so sorry. <laughs> It'll be therapeutic. <laughs> I, I hope so, or maybe re-traumatizing. Well, yeah, that too. So, um, well, first of all, um, now you're in, in Canada at the time, I, I presume, as, as you are now. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I'm not sure. For, first of all, explain what, what Outdoors Club is, because I, I don't think that uh, that's something we necessarily have huh. uh, in the United States. Well, it might be um, just a, a different name depending on what yeah. school you're at. But um, it's essentially a, a, you know, a hiking club. Uh, where you yeah. just get kids and a teacher and they go out into the, the woods and and camp or hike. And uh, we, I mean, I, I happen to live in a place that has a lot of that. So mm -hmm. I, I live on this island. It's, it's Vancouver Island and uh, it's the biggest island on the West Coast um, from Alaska down to Terra del Fuego. And it's very wooded, like a lot of rainforests. Um, a lot of it is only accessible through logging roads or boat. Mm -hmm. So, I, um, you know, we we would go out into the into the woods, and that was sort of that's a big part of the recreation here in Vancouver Island. Uh, so, and there was this this trip that uh, the Outdoors Club leader wanted to take us on, and this was like the big the big Kahuna, right? Like it was it was an island off of our coast. Uh, mm -hmm. That is like completely wooded. It's a rainforest, and uh, you could only get to this fishing village on, kind of on our island, which uh, by logging road, which we got to, and then from there we had to charter a boat, in order to get to the the smaller island. And um, you know, once we got there, there was one hermit that lived on the island, and that uh, that poor guy, he he had to shack us all up on that first night. There was. Oh, I think like 15 of us and wow. <laughs> like we were in his little shack. And uh, I just remember like he had in his bathroom, like a, a big stack of nudie mags. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so anyways, we stayed there and then the next day we went across the island and it took us two days to, to hike straight across the island to the other side where we would then hike for nine days all across the coast of this island. So, so all this, you know, is is really just to get to the place where you're going to be doing the hiking. Well, this is this is the hike. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I guess, um, the, yeah. There's a a bit of a trip to to get there. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, once we're on the coast, then it's just nine days of like beautiful, amazing forests and beaches, and you know, absolutely pristine, except for the odd, you know, shipping container that exploded from Japan, then you know, with <laughs> washed up sneakers or something. Uh, but you know, bears every day, like every day there were bears and, and cougars, uh, you didn't see them, but you knew they were around and lots of seals and eagles and whales, and, you know, beautiful. Uh, so at any rate, I, uh, that, that's to sort of set up where we were. Um, now after nine days of this hike, um, we were kind of nearing the end of it and one of our party, uh, a girl, she was crossing a log. And this is where it sort of starts to, to heat up a bit. Uh, she was crossing a log. She had 
her backpack on and we're talking like a, a 45 pound, you know, large backpack. Mm-hmm. And uh, her foot got caught in the log and she fell over and she fell off the log and, and her foot stayed where it was and it cracked her, her ankle. So we, and you know, we were stuck on this Island. There's no way off. Like there's no, like how, how do you get someone off from there? Like, so, uh, the outdoors club leader, he came up with this plan and it was that, uh, we would split the group up. So there would be a couple people, including him that would help the girl and, uh, and you know, like people on either side and just sort of help her hobble, hobble along the beaches to, um, to get to the, the end of the, the hike. Mm-hmm. There would be another group. The middle group would be the, the mules, I guess. And they were the, you know, the biggest guys and they would, they would be carrying all the backpacks, uh, you know, basically like two backpacks a person. Like, so very heavy. And then there would be a couple of us. Uh, and I was in this part, part of the group who would just steamroll ahead as fast as we could to try to get to a lighthouse that we knew was at the far end of the island mm-hmm. and to try and get help. So I was part of that group. And now did you know that there was like actually a way to get help at, at the lighthouse? Like there, there was a person there or at least yes. some way to contact people or, or were you just kind of hoping that would be the no, case? No, we, we knew that there was someone at the lighthouse. Lighthouses were being automated at this time mm-hmm. uh, across Canada and uh, but we knew that there was someone at this lighthouse that hadn't been automated yet. And the, um, the, our outdoors club leader, he knew the person at the lighthouse. So, so we knew there was someone there. So, uh, so we had to get to that person and then get help. Uh, so we, we went on ahead, uh, and I think there was two of us. Uh, so we, we, uh, bushwhacked ahead and, after hours and hours of just like, you know, rushing through the, the forests and the, and the beaches as fast as we could, mm-hmm. uh, we came to a river and, uh, on the other side of the river, we could see way, way down in the distance was the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. So we finally arrived, but there was a river in front of us. So my friend, he, um, he sat down, he's like, okay, there, there's a river that's kind of stops us. Um, but I, took it upon myself to kind of go along the river and see if there was a place where it could be forded. Mm-hmm. And so I, I found a spot where I could sort of see the, the rocks on the bottom and, and I started to wade, uh, across the river and, uh, it, it got up to my waist and it was, it was fast flowing and it was bloody cold. Like it was really cold, like glacier cold, but I, I was, um, fully dressed, you know, I had my boots on my gaiters and my the jeans and, and, and a sweater and everything. Well, what time of year is this happening? Uh, this is, I guess, spring, this is a oh. spring time. So it's, you know, most of the time it's, cold. it's, um, yeah, pretty like rainy overcast, that kind of thing. Uh, so I got to the other side of the river and I was cold, but I, I was excited that I got there. And so I started trekking down the beach towards the the lighthouse. And it was then that I saw a helicopter approaching and it, uh, it landed on the beach, uh, in front of me, I, I waved it down and I approached the helicopter and I talked to the, the pilot and co-pilot and told them that there was a, uh, a girl that 
had broken her leg and needed rescuing, and she was, and and sort of pointed them into into the direction. So the helicopter took off and and went back where we had come from to go and pick up the girl. Uh, so there I was. I, I guess my mission was done. Right, I was I was on the other side of the river, and um, I I started to go back to the place where I had forded the river before and and I, I waded in, but I noticed that the river was deeper and it was faster than it had been before. It had started, you know, the, the, the level had, had risen. So instead of being waist deep, it went up to my chest now. And as I was going further along, it got up to my neck. And at some, I, I was getting pretty scared because I was like, okay, this is really fast and it's really cold. And then my feet lifted up and I, and I started floating down the river. And this river went straight out to the ocean, like at a steady clip. So I knew like it was game over for me. Like this, you know, it was going to shoot me out into the ocean. I was waterlogged with my, you know, my sweater and jeans and, and heavy hiking boots and everything. So I was like hardly able to kind of dog paddle to keep my mouth above water. And I managed to grab onto a log, uh, just a branch of a log. And this is like a log that's like really slippery because it's had a lot of water come across it. And, and uh, you know, all the bark's been ripped off. So I grabbed onto the log and I, I managed to pull myself up to uh, a part of it where I could sort of put my fingers into a crevice and keep my, I managed to keep my mouth above the water level, but that was all I could do. Um, I couldn't pull myself up onto the log. The current was too fast and I was too waterlogged. So, so there I just waited. And eventually, uh, one of the, the girls on the trip, um, the, the smallest girl of, of the whole group, she, she came walking along the river and she spotted me and she ran along the log and, and, uh, she soon realized that she wasn't able to pull me up onto the log. So, she took my hands and uh, we we were able to sort of shuffle my hands with her help down the log. And we just kept on doing that very slowly until finally I managed to crawl myself up onto the beach. And then um, they, you know, I, I was able to go and join the others. And, uh, you know, I had hypothermia. I was friggin' cold. Uh, they lit a fire, threw blankets on me, sleeping bags. And, uh, and that was sort of the end of, of, uh, of that trip. You know, we were able to, once I was warmed up, we were able to hike out and, and, uh, and get off the island. But I, you know, like it turned out, like I was the one that kind of screwed up the whole thing. Like I was the one that almost died. Like the girl that with the broken leg, she, you know, she just had a broken leg, but I, I nearly killed myself. <laughs> So, so, so really, the helicopter rescue was just the beginning of the drama. Yeah, exactly. Like that, it was just a, it was a terrible decision on my part to cross that river. Like I was, I knew that it was faster. I knew that it, it was higher, and and there was a point of no return where I was like, I'm just going to race across it and and try well, to. Were make you it. crossing it at you know just a slightly different spot, and that's why it was higher, or was? You know, was it a change in the tides? What do you think? Well, uh, caused that. Yeah, the, I mean, the the thing is, is like on the west coast, and I'm sure it's the same in other places. But 
um, it's it's a very rainy place, so uh, it doesn't take long. Like you you imagine like in like flash floods that occur in the desert, like mm -hmm. uh, levels can rise and 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 go down very quickly, and so the this river had just filled up with a lot more water. You know, I guess it, maybe it had rained on a, a different part of the island and and now it was just uh, swollen. So yeah, I I found the same part of the river, but it was just a it was just a different river by the time I got to it. <laughs> so uh life lessons you could share with the the giant uh school assembly of 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 kids, you know, gathered to hear your uh, your tale. Yeah. And I I guess if there's a moral of of the story and I I'm sure there's a few of them uh as I process this 25 years later but you know i guess i thought that i was kind of being the hero being the one that that crossed the river and got the helicopter to rescue the girl um but it turns out that i needed a girl to rescue me <laughs> so <laughs> yeah and uh and i think that uh you know part of being able to save somebody is you know making sure that that you're going to make it out to begin with <laughs> Yeah, that's an important part. I would say, like, don't compromise the whole thing by dying yourself. Yeah, that, that's yeah. usually not a good idea. Well, thanks so much for sharing your story, Jordan. Yeah, well, uh, happy to do so. <laughs> thanks very much for having me on your show, Keith. If you think you can top Jordan's story, shoot me an email at greateststoryeverpodcast at gmail.com. Gabatron. <laughs>